0: want to hear something scary nope
1: nope 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 no god please no!
0: no 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 it's a moment why why is that a thing that people say no it's a moment yeah where did that come from? So you
1: can, it's like an interior design fashion thing. So you can like make a little moment, which like my altar would be a moment. My papa sign and like that would be like a moment. Since when? Uh, this is
0: like the first time hearing it. Am I like not, not hip with lingo you're not anymore? Hip. You're not hip. I don't, <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I love you, but I just you're not don't hip.
0: understand what people are saying anymore.
1: Well, I don't understand what the kids are saying. But but, m-
0: but saying that something is a moment is something that the kids are saying now, right? Like, yeet? That was like says months that. ago. Nope, that was
1: years <laughs> ago, Nick. That was literally when my little sister was 13.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. I can't be that behind. Really? You're that don't behind. Don't look at me like that. You're
1: not on social media. You don't. I'm on
0: social media. I'm on social media as much as I need to you be. You are not
1: on social media.
0: <laughs> I'm Just because I'm not following a bunch of kids who are like 14 years old and seeing what You're kind of they- You're not on TikTok. They... No, I am not on TikTok. God. Although I've been thinking about putting the podcast on TikTok, which-
1: Ooh, what would you want to do?
0: I'd probably just like the little uh, audio trailers and maybe like- Oh, okay. I don't know, something. Just like an
1: audio trailer though? You have know. to like make a dance with it.
0: I'm not dancing to- the like idea of somebody being murdered—that's just no. Not...
1: <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I
0: do like the skeleton dance from you Disney could, you could for do that. You could do that, uh, spooky one, but yep. oh, Jasper, you are going to be the reason why we have all the technical difficulties. Oh, I also uh decided that I'm going to I'm going to promote him to our producer.
1: <laughs> oh my! <laughs> what do you think God. of that? I absolutely love it. Yep.
0: Jasper's our producer.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we make a t-shirt that says that, please? Oh,
0: sure. Why not?
1: I'm also giving you my attention. I just need to post this. What is this.
0: he doing? Does he want he to be wants- on my lap? He's okay. our
1: producer. He, he has ideas. He was sitting on my
0: lap earlier, and I was petting him, and he was literally like either drooling or snot was dripping out of his nose on my pants. He
1: drools. <laughs> he drools a lot. He drools all the time. My favorite thing is when I... <laughs> It's gonna be so gross, but my favorite thing is when he's sleeping, right? And I touch his little face, and it's just soaking wet. Like I lift my hand up. Well, it's just so cute—the the the idea of a cat drooling. Dogs drool all the time. Cats, you're like, wow. He must really be enjoying his slumber. (laughs) I mean, he's just so much. He's a
0: really cute cat, anyways. That smolder. I can't. I can't not love him. All right, bud. You can sit on my lap. He's a good guy. He, he's a good guy. He's a great producer. He is. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're nerds. Yeet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say no.
0: Uh, I've I've got it. I'm hip now. I totally know what all the kids are saying. It's a moment. Don't. Jasper is a moment. <laughs>
1: Please don't go Jasper's out in the public moment. saying any of this. You'll be... Your age will show.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to All the Nopes.
1: Welcome.
0: Yeah. We are a true crime and paranormal podcast where we try not to let our producer ruin everything. <laughs> Jasper. Producer.
1: I'm going to put him in the blanket okay. of
0: shame. Okay. Okay. Blanket of shame. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Luna. Hello. And we are a true crime and paranormal podcast where... Actually, we're going to do it a little different today. Um, I am going to be telling a true crime story,
1: and I get to tell Nick a paranormal story. Yeah,
0: and I think that's how we're going to do it for the rest of time, the
1: rest of forever. Yeah,
0: which I'm excited about. I'm excited to. I have a really cool story that I think. I think similar to our last one with Baker, Mm -hmm. uh, with the Crescent Hotel, you are going to really like the chick that. Is in this episode. I'm ready. um, Do you want me to just jump right into it? Do you want to go into it? You have anything fun to to say to our listener listeners or anything like that?
1: Yes, my story is going to be better.
0: It's not a competition. Well, we could make it one. (laughs) We could make it fine. Maybe maybe we'll see people. We'll take a poll at the end of the episode or whatever, and tell us whose story was better.
1: yes you can tell yours i'm excited oh and i
0: just i'm i'm excited to do some shout outs at the end of the episode because we've got some like really
1: we do nice
0: things but that we'll say don't get too excited we'll say that for the end of the episode
1: okay okay (laughs) i'll put my list down (laughs)
0: because some really cool people reached out to us and said some really nice things yeah and and shared us some love that just i don't know i'm feeling i'm riding really high going into this episode so i'm excited if you
1: love us we'll love you back
0: that's right Okay, so do you want me to just start? Dive right in. Okay, so my story is about a woman named Tilly Clemec.
1: Ooh, Tilly is a witch name. Tilly.
0: Well, there, there are some actual, like, witchy things in this episode, mm. so you're going to be real jazzed about this, guy. There are Let a lot of witches you.
1: in history named Tilly. No way, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Huh,
0: interesting. Okay, well, first of all, just right off the bat, I do want to say... None of the dates and names that I found for this episode really like coincided throughout the sources that I was going through. A lot of things that had different dates, like the dates were off by like a couple of years or whatever. So like I'm kind of just going to ballpark that. Same thing with the names because there are a lot of Joes and Johns and I don't know if they're nicknames or whatever. But I that never understood said, that. Yeah. There's just there's a lot of I was I was just confused about going into like all the people in it. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of just going to I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to worry well, about you it. a fun fact what?
1: about weird nicknames. I'd love to. There was a kid in my high school that I went to school with for yeah. pro- since I was probably in elementary school. I knew okay. this, this person. Right. I knew him as Jake. Okay. Found out my senior year. His real name his like actual legitimate name yep. was John. I had how does the, how no idea. Two things no idea at all. And when I saw it in the yearbook, I was Wait, like, "Did you call Who is him this? the
0: wrong name? No, the no, 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 no! Everybody called school, him Jake. Just no, everybody okay. called him.
1: I thought that was his real name. Teachers called him Jake. Everybody called him Jake. And then the yearbook came out, and I found out my whole career was a lie. Your
0: illusion, uh, the my illusion was shattered. Yes.
1: Yep. I was like, "Who are you? <laughs> I don't know anything anymore. Wow, so, that's
0: something new that I fact. learned about you. Yep. I'm a. New Luna facts that really make me appreciate being with new you. New Luna facts, I like
1: that. <laughs> Should be a highlight or something. Okay,
0: so yeah, I don't. Some of these names are going to be a little bit okay. iffy. So if people go and do this research for themselves, they're like, "Ooh, I want to learn more about Tilly Klemek." Just be prepared to kind of have these names not necessarily match up or the dates or whatever. But besides that, the story is pretty nutso. The so same. okay. Also, since it's such an old story, there is a lot of like speculation into like the type of person that Tilly was Mm -hmm. kind of. And I don't know if some of the sources were kind of like taking liberties in playing her up as this sort of character, or that's actually what she was. So. Yeah, I'm not again, I'm not really going to worry about it. I'm just going to tell you the story as, as I can find it, as I found it, as it came up to me and I'm
1: going to picture her exactly as you I'm going to show
0: you some pictures oh, of her. Oh, I can't her, wait. Okay. And you're going to want to like steal her clothes because she's Can we
1: get a cat named Tilly?
0: I would be Tilly actually down with that. That's actually pretty cool. Oh.
1: Okay. okay.
0: Well, before we get into getting Sorry. more more animals, let's talk about Tilly Clemac. Let's okay. get right into it, okay? So Tilly when she was born, was actually Teophila Berek.
1: That is beautiful.
0: G B U R E K Teophila. I like that Teilo- name. That name, but Teofila. she went by Tilly. So, oh
1: my god, I love that. So Write that you down. can
0: name. Okay, so we'll name our cat Teofila, Teofila and. Uh, she'll go by Tilly for short. Oh, love. Just like we've got Jasper yep. wh- who goes by Jaspy, which is no short, no shorter of a nickname. <laughs> it's but by anyway. one letter. Okay. So she's born in October 22nd, Ooh, 1877. Perfect. Another October. Yeah. Spooky check, already. Check. Okay. And so she's born in Poland to her mm-hmm. parents, Michalina Ooh. and Mikhail Berek. OK, okay. Oh, I'm really going to butcher these names. Tilly was the first of seven children. Wow. So it's a big family. Mm-hmm. And when she was four years old, her family immigrated to the United States. OK. And they moved to Little Poland in Chicago, Illinois. All right. So apparently in Chicago, there's just like a section of, you Com- know, space that's just Little Poland, which
1: hmm. I didn't know that.
0: Cool. Neither did I. Um,
1: but that was probably a name change too, coming over. I'm assuming her what? last name was she able to keep. Typically, She when- was
0: still Barek.
1: Oh, okay? OK.
0: As far as I know. OK. But she got married and that's where the Klimek comes into. That's not where the change oh, is. Okay? OK. And there's not a lot of information on like what her childhood was like. But apparently one thing that kept coming up was she was a great cook. OK. Oh, OK. She was so much of a good cook that. Her stew and her other dishes became extremely popular with the surrounding Polish community. Wow,
1: that's awesome! Killer
0: stew maker. Yeah. She also, as a child, worked at one of the various factory jobs that obviously kids occupied yeah, in during that time. you know those times. T- so she's over there. She's a great chef. Mm-hmm. She's working her factory job. She's doing great. And even though all that stuff is pretty average for. I would assume little Poland mm-hmm. in the 1800s. Um, there is something that makes Tilly just a little bit more than average. And this is where I think you're really going to like her. See, apparently she claimed to have dreams predicting the deaths of those around her. Ooh. So
1: I already have so many theories. Okay. About well, her. here's
0: where you're not going to like her the first couple of dreams that she had predicted the deaths of neighborhood dogs. No. Yeah. So she there were a lot of strays apparently in the area.
1: You you told me you would announce in the beginning of episodes Does the dog die? Well,
0: we're gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna gloss gloss right over this because the first couple of predictions that she has, the first premonitions are strays and like neighborhood dogs that like were kind of annoying to her or whatever. And And
1: it came to fruition when
0: she would have these premonitions. A few days later, someone would end up finding the dog like dead in the street or in an alleyway or something. <gasps> so, we're off to a pretty rough start right from the get go, by I my mean, standards. Yeah. And I mean, like, as far as superpowers go, that's a pretty bleak superpower to have. Like, only being able to have precognition mm, of somebody's she's death,
1: causing the and
0: not, well, you're. you're you're quite the sleuth, my dear, because things things are not as they seem with Ooh, this woman. Okay. okay. So she apparently predicted the deaths of so many dogs and cats in the community that people really started to believe that she was actually psychic. How okay? old was
1: she when she started doing this?
0: Um, She came over when she was four. I want to say that she has to be maybe like somewhere between 10 and 15 wow. or 10 and 20. Okay. Because she gets married based on some of these dates between the ages of 15 and 20. Mm-hmm. So, all of these things were happening before and maybe even once she got married, you know. Sure. Th- this was something that I I I'm guessing kind of continued throughout her life, okay? So, again, she predicted so many dog and cat deaths in the community that people Actually be- began to believe that she was psychic, and one of the sources that I found, which I couldn't find any evidence to back this up anyplace else, mm. um was just kind of painting a picture of her and said that due to her psychic abilities, she was kind of like feared in the community. Mm. Like her psychic abilities were feared, and people like the butcher or the ice delivery man, which apparently. People like back in the 1800s, oh, yeah. they, they had, had to deliver had ice. ice boxes. I read that and I was like,
1: what? You didn't know f-? that?
0: I mean, it makes sense, but okay, so. So
1: they used to have, hold on, can I tell you a fun fact? They, go, oh, they used to have, have these big picks. That they would pick up the big block of ice with, right? Mm -hmm. And they would carry it into the houses and they would have refrigerators, but it would really just be like a box that they would put the ice in and the cold would keep everything cold. But it'd be this guy who would lug around giant bricks of ice. Yeah,
0: well, apparently she would get preferential treatment from these people because she didn't didn't want to end up (laughs) getting, they didn't want to end up in her dreams and Freddy Kruegering it and then end up dying, okay? Wow. So. I'm sorry,
1: if the butcher is. The butcher was giving her really good
0: prices for the meat in her stew, and the Iceman was delivering to her first because she she didn't like having melted water in her ice or whatever. It's not her favorite. It's not her favorite. Whatever. So, anyways, I don't know if that's actually true, Mm. but it was implied in one of the sources. Okay. So, anyways, she's got. Quite a reputation as a cook, right? Which mm-hmm. I'm sure goes a long way in Little Poland. Mm. Uh, it goes a long way now, you know. And
1: <laughs> fastest way to anyone's heart, straight to. <laughs> and so
0: topic. it's not really long before Tilly ends up finding herself a man, and this man is named Joe Meat. Oh boy, Joe Meatskiziks. Joe Meatskazix. We're right. gonna so that's I'm I'm gonna give it one more go. Joe Meatsgazix, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds the same as the first two times. Shut
0: up. So she meets a man named Joe Mitskiz- meet, meet. damn it.
1: She meets uh-huh. Joe.
0: And some sources say, like I said, she was 15. Others say that she was 18. And some even say that she was 20. And I think the most consistent one was that she was 20, which that's good because I don't need anybody getting married when they're 15 years old. But Regardless of what age she was, after a short period of courting and a lot of dinners of what I'm assuming were just delicious stew, Joe ends up asking Tilly to marry her, okay? okay. So it's pretty quick right mm-hmm. out of the gate. They're like, "Let's get this thing hitched." What I found out about their marriage was that it was somewhere between fine to like just average for a marriage in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um okay. they lived pretty happily or maybe they just tolerated one another, but they were together for 20, 29 years. Wow, that's awesome. Okay. But of course, you know, in 29 years, eventually that honeymoon phase <laughs> has to end. And, um, one of the sources that I found implied that Joe was kind of a lazy craftsman, mm. you know, and he only worked construction jobs when he had to, but he mostly relied on like Tilly to bring home the dough from her factory job. OK, so Tilly kind of gets to the point where she's like, I'm not super pleased with my relationship anymore mm-hmm. with him or whatever. And, and I don't know. I mean, maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's what a happy marriage looked like at that time in Poland. You know, just you can bring home in Little Poland. Excuse me. Thank you for correcting me. But anyways, in 1914... Some of the sources said it was like 1919. But, anyways, around that time, Tilly was in her mid to late 40s and she had another one of her dreams. Okay. And she told a friend that she dreamed that she found Joe's corpse one day, a few weeks from the night of the dream. Okay. Okay. One source even suggested that she went to a fabric store to get. Black fabric for her morning gown. And when the shopkeeper asked her and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. When did your husband pass? Tilly responded, oh, he's going to pass in two weeks.
1: Oh, my God. So strangely enough,
0: or maybe not so strange at all, Joe fell ill the morning that she predicted and died by nightfall. Wow. How crazy is that? Wow. Shut up. Everybody take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, of course, that to me and you sounds pretty suspicious. Um, Mm -hmm. But when the body was examined by the coroner, Joe's cause of death was determined to be heart trouble. Okay. I don't okay. know what that means. Heart attack, whatever. Still sounds like a generic mm. late 1800s, you know, it's a blood crazed giant. <laughs> it's a blood crazed like, giant. Like in the Denver Spider Man. So, yeah, heart trouble. He just dropped dead, and nobody was really surprised. Um, one person who was slightly surprised was obviously the friend that Tilly told about her premonition and everything. Mm-hmm. And she was shocked to find out that Tilly was right, but she was more shocked to see how eager Tilly was to go and collect Joe's life insurance policy. Boom. Apparently, she collected about $1,000, which if the calculator that I used in Google is Mm -hmm. actually correct, that would end up being just shy of 30 grand in today's money. Whoa. Yeah. Bingo. Jackpot. Right there.
1: Cash that baby right in. Tilly's
0: making the dough. now,
1: Literally and figured it She's a great chef.
0: Good for her. Yeah. Strong, powerful woman. I don't know why, but like for some reason I'm like, I kind of cheered Tilly on a little bit. It's not good. But anyways, Tilly doesn't like being lonely. So she wanted another husband and she soon joined a Polish dating service, which I did not know that they had those at the time either.
1: Wow. Was it like Tinder for 1800s?
0: Apparently. And for exclusively Polish people. You would not swear. Throw a
1: pigeon in the west wind if you say yes. Throw a pigeon in the east wind if you vote no. That
0: would be the most. Ex- that would be the most confusing.
1: <laughs> Imagine uh, if people just lined up and you just had twenty I mean, carrier pigeons. Pigeons and... were
0: really... That's that, that's cool as heck. But like, oh, now I'm thinking of people sending love letters with carrier pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what this story is about. Okay, we're gonna get back into Tilly. Tilly uses this dating service to find her second husband. Joseph Raskowski, okay? Oh,
1: easy, same name. So she yeah. not have to.
0: Was it really? No, her first one well, was it was Joe. Yeah. So there's uh, there's just too many Joes, J Yeah. Uh, Josephs, whatever. I do
1: want to do more in in more research on the Polish dating service though okay. when this is over. I need okay. to know how it was conducted.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, apparently her first husband died around January. Okay. And she married again by February or March. She's really moving. Yeah. Yep. And while she remained married to her first husband for 29 years, Mm -hmm. John wouldn't last more than a few months with her.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: Apparently, by May, Tilly had another telling dream. (laughs) And her husband, John, who at the time of their wedding was in perfect health, swiftly fell ill (gasps) and died on May 20th. Boom. Another one.
1: Did they have a happy marriage? Uh, was it documented? Do I, I mean,
0: I don't know if it was a happy marriage. How I mean, She met him and had a dream about him dying within like four months of being together. So it, it, three months of being together. So really, you can't. No. You can't really say that it was happy or sad or anything. They still don't know each other at
1: that point, I feel.
0: Of course not. I'm still learning things about you. I've been with you for eight years now, and they've been together for four months, three months. So, so they must have been just getting to know each other. And uh, not surprising, she had him take out a life insurance policy. Oh. And she received wow. another $700 from this policy, as well as $1,200 that had been willed to her from him.
1: Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yep.
0: So she's got, let's see. Basically, she's she's got over $60,000 within the first six months of that year just from having these large. spooky dreams, okay? So she's kind of raking in the dough again, making money. And it's pretty obvious to me and you that Tilly's up to no good, but it wasn't really obvious to this dating service <laughs> because uh, they just immediately hooked her up again oh with a man God. named Frank Koop Okay, here we go. Frank <laughs> Koopsick? That's oh, not that bad.
1: Frankie, no.
0: So they were married really quickly as well, yeah. but even their marriage, this one's really strange, was marred with a death their their wedding day okay when one of their cousins and i i don't know whether or not it was Frank's cousin or Tilly's cousin okay strangely became ill immediately after their wedding and died within a few days wow after attending their wedding so she was one of the guests yep and she just mysteriously died within the next few mm, days suddenly okay. becoming ill okay so who
1: cooked the food for the wedding i
0: mean she's a good chef you have to imagine i don't know so, with Frank, Tilly wasted no time getting straight to the predictions again, okay? Apparently, when they were moving into their apartment together, which was an apartment that Tilly had previously been living in with one of her boyfriends prior to her meeting Frank, mm. and that boyfriend suddenly went missing, <laughs> um, but when they were moving Good in, track record. Tilly was telling neighbors that Frank wouldn't live long. Like she is straight up like zero, like she's fucking crazy. Um, How
1: does nobody know what's that? Because I
0: okay. So one of the things that came up is that it was just a way more superstitious time, Mm. and also again, it's that dissonance in history where people just assume that this is an impossibility for anybody to be going around killing all of their spouses you know it's literally just like people don't do that that never yeah, happens and yeah. like obviously nowadays we know that nowadays we immediately go well it was the husband or it was mm-hmm. the estranged wife but back then they're like Ooh, she's a poor woman she's having these spooky dreams and everybody's dying how how sad for her our producers here <laughs> hey jasper do you want to come up
1: he wants to hear the rest of the story he knows what Tilly's up to. I'll tell
0: you about Tilly. Um, okay, so this is this is where she's this is where Tilly's at her maximum, like oh just does not give a fuck, okay? It's not long after they move in together that Frank becomes ill. And in response to this, Tilly, of course, insists that they take out a life insurance policy on him. And He's not really like he's just thinking like, oh, I'm just a little sick, so I'm not really sure why. But he just goes ahead and gets the life insurance policy. And of course, immediately after they get the life insurance policy, he rapidly gets sicker and sicker as time goes on. (laughs) He finally gets to the point where he's too weak to leave his bed. And as he lies there, drifting in and out of consciousness, Tilly sat beside him knitting her morning hat. Like what? almost mocking him. And she gets even worse. Tilly even began to taunt him, telling him each morning when he woke up, it won't be long now. <gasps> and you'll be dying soon. She's fucking crazy. She even found a bargain coffin for sale. Oh,
1: she, and she had all that it money and she
0: preemptively won. a bargain. Yes. She's still she's not spending money on these people. They're her wow. co- they're her bread and butter. Wait,
1: how did they know that she said that to him? Did he live?
0: Uh no. Again, this could be speculation, but that was documented on a couple of different pages. So I'm thinking that's relatively true. I think that based on her character, we will see how she ends up just being like... Kind of a maniac. Come okay. here, my pretty. Well, she, and she feeds people candy and everything. So anyway, Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> and then Hansel and Gretel came to her house.
0: So she gets the bargain coffin, right? She purchases it before he passes away. And she goes to her landlady and she's like, would you mind if I store my bargain coffin for my <laughs> my soon-to-be-dead husband in the basement? And apparently, uh, you know, obviously the landlady is like, fuck no. Like, this is appalling. I'm going to kick you guys out if... The, if If, like, this is the shit that's going on. But before that could happen, Frank finally slipped out of consciousness one last time and he's gone. So, poor Frank. Frank passed away. So husband number three. When he did, it was said that Tilly played festive music and she even grabbed him by the ears and shouted into his face, You devil, you won't get up again! Oh my god. She's insane.
1: I don't know how I feel about Tilly. She kind she of She started out me. okay,
0: but like she's definitely like real wicked. She's murdering witch. people
1: left and right.
0: Okay. So, apparently <laughs> she wore the mourning cap that, she, that knitted she knitted to the funeral and promptly collected the life insurance check and was uh. on to the next one soon after. This one's name was Joseph Guskowski. So she really doesn't even wow. need to like No, nope. the husband before Frank was Joseph Ruskowski. So it's literally like it's almost like she's just going through the Polish dating service and being like, yeah, I've had one of those. It's pretty much the same. I'll take that one. Give me that one. So.
1: The less names I have to remember, and the know. better. I don't
0: know. I I'm. have to say, like, she has to be an amazing cook or something because, like, she just keeps getting these men to fall wow. for her and marry her within months of her previous wow. husband, literally kicking the bucket of, uh, like, under suspicious start circumstances. I don't understand it. And
1: the dating service sets her up. So, Again.
0: go figure. Joseph and Tilly get married. <laughs> and after a few months of being together, Joseph invites his sister over to spend time with him and his new wife. Okay. Okay. Joseph and his sister share candies that Tilly had made, and the next day they both become violently ill. And I don't know if Joseph's sister survived, but unfortunately, he did not.
1: I'd have to assume she did not as uh, well. I don't know.
0: So, there you wow. go.
1: Wow, she's poisoning them with candy! So apparently That's at my his nightmare. funeral,
0: she made sure to make a big show about cursing her terrible luck okay? And the ominous dreams that plagued her so that everyone around her could hear, being like, oh, woe is me! Why do all of my husbands die? And at this point, Tilly was getting a bit of a reputation, okay? Some of the sources said (laughs) that she was either feared for her dark powers or simply thought to just be like a bad omen, bringing death to people whenever she dreamt of them.
1: Nobody thinks of her as a murderer, though.
0: So, apparently not, but people began to avoid her.
1: (laughs) The dating service will not return her pigeons.
0: They would... (laughs) <laughs> they would cross the street when they saw her coming because they didn't want to fall prey to like her curse. They didn't wow. want to end up in her dream and end up dead the next day. OK, that's
1: crazy. That's actually kind of cool to have that power, though.
0: I honestly I figured at a certain point you were going to be like, I wish people feared me like this. <laughs> Is it better to be feared I think it's the little person syndrome. Uh, both. I, be I want people <laughs> I want to fear how much they love me. I want me. them it to fearfully love me. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, it's, it's for good reason that these people are also fear, fearful of her because it really seemed like anybody that rubbed Tilly the wrong way soon ended up seen in one of her dreams and eventually met the same cruel, swift wow. illness as her husband's. Apparently, at one point, she went around saying that she had a terrible vision of a plague striking a particular family that lived on the block. No. And it should come as no surprise that at this point, within a few weeks, the family's three children (gasps) died from an agonizing illness.
1: That's awful.
0: What people didn't know about the predictions was that it only came a few days after Tilly had a heated argument with the family. So, not surprising that people just kind of...
1: and kids will eat candy. Of course.
0: Give him candy. Now, I have no idea how, after all this being pretty much public knowledge, mm. um, until he basically being the grim reaper to anybody <laughs> that came in close contact to her, that she found another man. I again, I don't know if it's the dating service at this point or if she's just really cooking her ass off, but she meets another man. Uh, this time she met, his name is either Joseph or Anton Klemek. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is one where, depending on the source, some people said it was Joseph. Some people said it was Anton. But this is where she gets the name Clemec.
1: Can we name him Anton, Antoine so she didn't have like six Josephs?
0: Well, I'm just going to call I'm calling this one Clemec okay. just so that it's consistent with okay. what that name actually is. That okay? works. So this time, Clemec's family actually protested the marriage and insisted that nothing good is going to come from him being with her. But of course, you know, the fastest way to a man's heart being through his stomach, he didn't listen. And he told them, this is a quote from one of the sites that I found, She is a good woman, and I am a healthy man, and I intend to stay that way. (laughs) So... That's probably. You sound
1: like Augustus Gloop. I don't know that if that's name? actually
0: Polish. I might have done a good job. I don't know. <laughs> but is yes, he I do sound like Augustus Gloop. I think he might be German.
1: Mm. But, mm, that was very German, but I still um, applaud you. That okay, was great. You, I'll take you. any moment okay. of an accent.
0: Um, so it's 1922, and they get married despite his family's protests. This
1: is her fifth husband. And
0: the fact, yes. And despite the fact that Tilly does not like that Klemeck really enjoys his moonshine, okay? Okay. And I guess in the short time that they're together, Clemek was a bit of a flirt, or at least, like, checked out local ladies, mm. and that was not something that Tilly appreciated either. Go figure. So, in typical Tilly fashion, she insisted that they co-sign a last will and testament and get a life insurance policy.
1: Oh, Tilly.
0: Of course, within days of them signing, Clemek began to fall ill. He began having shooting pains down his arm and soon after, total numbness in both arms. Ooh. Within six weeks of his progressive illness, his legs were totally paralyzed. Wow. So she's like kind of dragging it out yep. with this one. Now, his family, being so opposed to their wedding in the first place, immediately called a doctor when they caught wind of his illness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this was actually Tilly's downfall, pretty much, because when Dr. Peter Burns arrived at their home and examined Klemek, he noted that his symptoms were consistent with the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. Mm. Yep. He was rushed to the hospital, and tests confirmed that Klemek was suffering from the effects of long-term to- long uh, term arsenic toxins. Long term. Tar- blah, long-term, tar- blah, long-term <laughs> arsenic toxicity. Fuck you.
1: So she had been feeding him arsenic over a period of time. She had
0: been like microdosing him the do- arsenic. Yeah. Officials at the hospital called the police who ended up interviewing Klimek, who said that after the fact, now knowing that he had arsenic poisoning, he didn't really think that it was strange that Their dog, Tilly and his dog, dropped dead a few weeks ago when he ended up eating some scrap food that Clemex shared from his plate and that his food often tasted strange, but he didn't really think much of it. I don't know why. Didn't bother to question it. She's a great chef, but... T- tastes a little funny, but it's and probably just me. And the dog died. Me. And the dog died from it. But- That's just
1: me. It's all in my head. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Keep it
1: coming, Tilly.
0: So, I'm a healthy
1: man. Of
0: course, the police are sent to arrest Tilly. And when the lieutenant... When- and
1: she disappeared on broomstick.
0: Yeah, no, not quite. <laughs> when Lieutenant Willard Malone took her into custody, she apparently said, the next one I want to cook dinner for is you. <gasps> you made all of my troubles. She's Wow. I kind of love her because she's so crazy. Yeah,
1: and she's persistent. Uh. She doesn't give up.
0: And Okay. So, and she doesn't, once she's in custody, you're going to see when she's at the station, she was interrogated for 18 hours and she eventually confessed to everything. Okay. When she was asked where she got the arsenic from, she told them that her cousin Nellie had given her a compound called rough on rats once when she was over at her house complaining about either Frank or Clemec depending on the source, because they were both kind of drinkers and everything. Mm -hmm. And she didn't appreciate that. And Nellie apparently was like, well, if you hate being with him so much, why don't you just get a divorce? To which Tilly replied... No, I will get rid of him some other way. Okay. <laughs> I love your face wow. right now.
1: <laughs> I just love how, like, mm, nah, no. this is what I'm going to do. I had a dream I like about her tenacity. Something.
0: So investigators obtained permission to exhume the corpses of Tilly's husband, as well as her cousin Nellie's first husband, who had apparently suspiciously passed away as well. So
1: Nellie killed her husband?
0: Well, we're going we're gonna to find out more about that. All of them had lethal quantities of arsenic in their bodies, and investigators learned that Nellie's twin children, Sophie and Ben, as well as her granddaughter, Dorothy, all died of poisoning in (gasps) 1917. She
1: killed her own children?
0: Nellie's son, John, and daughter, Lillian, were Also suffering from arsenic poisoning, but they recovered the same year that I think all of those people
1: passed away. Wow, what a bitch! So sorry, I hear you
0: thinking that it's it's Nellie, but when the trial starts, they also take Nellie into custody because they believe that she's involved now with all the stuff going on. But when they start listing off the names to Tilly, asking if she killed each of the people, she just nonchalantly shrugged and just said, "Yeah, yep," like no fucks given. She was just like, "Yep." I did I'm sorry. it. Sorry, I that didn't mean to say
1: that about you, Nellie. I didn't know. Wow, she wow. did
0: all of this. Why? And when she's in the courtroom, she did all this wearing the same morning cap no. that she had woven when she was slowly killing her husband, Frank. What? She is twisted. So, of course,
1: I either want her to be my best friend, or I want her. to I think be you far need to be away. best friends
0: with her. You just don't eat any of her food ever. So. As the investigation goes on and more bodies that passed away in the community suspiciously are tested for arsenic poisoning, Nellie is still in prison with Tilly. Okay. So they're both in like side by side jail cells. Okay. Okay. And apparently, Tilly just straight up harassed Nellie each time. The guards would go to take Nelly somewhere. Yeah, Tilly would whisper to her in Polish, "They're going to take you to hang, Nelly." Like oh she's God. just a fucking crazy person. She's psycho, and of course, she's... Nelly would just shriek in terror oh, each time, like, "No, I don't want them to take me." <laughs> Which oh, is my awful. God.
1: She was not loved as a child. But, of course. That's why you don't have seven children. Uh,
0: well, this is one of her cousins. So, I mean, I guess. Sure. Oh, Nellie was her Nelly cousin? Nellie was her cousin, not her sister. No, she's I knew, but I was saying she wasn't,
1: she wasn't loved. So, maybe she's, oh, she, that's why she that's did fair. what she did. But maybe. I didn't know Nellie was her cousin. Yeah.
0: So, eventually, <laughs> as they're doing all this research and everything, all these investigations, the trial on Nellie ends in a hung jury. And Nellie is acquitted. So they come to either the conclusion that they can't decide that she's totally guilty for it or, you Mm -hmm. know, but but basically she's acquitted for the charges against her, which if we are to believe that to be true, then that means that Tilly is responsible for the deaths of all of Nellie's family members, which is just as fucked up. Okay, now there were 20. Suspicious deaths linked to arsenic poisoning that were exhumed and investigated. So many that investigators didn't believe that they could have been perpetrated by one woman. They started to believe that Tilly was actually a high priestess of a <gasps> bluebeard clique, which I don't know what the hell that means. Wow. But like giving her a lot of authority yeah that's Um, pretty
1: badass literally she probably owned it too she's like yes basically i'm sure i I want to show you
0: these okay maybe i'll show you a picture of her right now because based on this one thing tell me she doesn't look like a high priestess right now what do you think of this broad oh yeah (laughs) Oh, she's badass as
1: fuck. Okay, so her demeanor and poise and the look on her face is so smug and like zero fucks. But also, low-key, looks like the Wicked Witch of the West. A
0: little bit, yeah.
1: Like, looks like the Wicked Witch. She looks like the old, she looks like, Obsessed with her hat and her jacket, except I wouldn't wouldn't wear real fur. fur. But, wow, she's pleased as freaking punch.
0: Yep. She's a little bit like the Wicked she Witch has high of the West. Bones. Like she has the really- Wicked Witch of the West got mixed with somebody's babushka. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So the
1: look on her face, oh, though. Oh, so, you guys need to check out her on the blog. So Holy the damn. high
0: priestess of the bluebeard Click.
1: I would believe it. Yep.
0: yep. And uh apparently the more that they uncovered as they did their investigation, the more it pointed to Tilly acting in exclusively alone. Wow. So Tilly perpetrated all of these murders. And while they eventually came to believe that Tilly was responsible for all of them, she was only convicted of first-degree murder for Frank Kupsick, just Why? that one guy. I don't know if it was that that was something that I was confused about too. I don't know if it was based on all the testimony and evidence that like she was going around to everybody being like he's going to die soon and mm. that, that was when like she was really laying it on thick, and I also don't know if maybe it's because all they really needed was that one conviction, because with that one conviction, she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, mm. which was literally the harshest sentence that was ever dealt to a woman in Chicago at that time. Wow. So she was found guilty in 1923, and when the verdict was read, Tilly's only response was, it was hot in there, and the guards led her back to her prison cell. Yep. She's a bad. She lived out the next 13 years in in an Illinois state penitentiary where she died on November 3rd in 1936 at about the age of 60. And that is the story of Tilly Clemack, the clairvoyant black widow.
1: Wow. I kind of want to eat a big meal on November 3rd every day in her honor.
0: That's fucked up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what? Why? Like I just I don't know. Part of me is in awe, but part of me is terrified. And that picture, she just looks so confident. Do you want to see
0: a couple more pictures of her? I do. Okay, so I really So do. there's this one, which great portrait of her. Yeah, but that one's it's a little the more same terrifying. Thing. Oh, it is terrifying. It's the look in her eyes. It is. That one would um, sc- I would not take this candy. one where she looks a little bit more like somebody's babushka. Oh,
1: I would. Yeah, she looks like she could be. Kind. If she came
0: up to you looking this way. Telling you that I, yeah. she had candy for you, I'd be like, you would okay. you would die of arsenic Can poisoning. I have another? Absolutely, and this is her loving it up while she's sitting with her cousin Nellie. That's Nellie. That's Nellie.
1: Wow, Nellie looks just kind of like her.
0: Well, I mean, they're related. Yeah. Nellie is definitely the less attractive of the two cousins, in my opinion. I think Tilly's kind of cute for an older black she widow. She definitely is
1: in that first picture you showed me.
0: But wow. yeah, that's the story. So, yeah, what did you think? Loved it. Loved it? Yeah. You think you can beat it?
1: Um. Yeah. Okay. I think so. You ready? I am. I'm excited to tell you this story. All right, story. hit
0: me. I'm ready to listen. Okay. I'm excited to. This is your first t- story that you're it telling. Is. Me. I'm it is. It is. I'm excited and I'm All right, a little Luna. nervous. Give it to me.
1: So this is about the hauntings at the Hoosac Tunnel. Have you heard of it before? I have
0: not, and I okay. don't even know where Ooh. the Hoosac Tunnel is. I don't know where Hoosac is.
1: All right. Well, this tunnel was originally proposed as an underground canal beneath the Berkshires in Western Mass. Okay. As a way to provide transportation goods of goods and raw materials between Boston and Florida, which is another town in the Berkshires. Yeah, not Florida. So, no, not Florida <laughs> the state. Southern No. It's only America. a 5-mile long tunnel. Southern
0: America? No, not like Mexico, Nick. No,
1: A for <laughs> effort, A for effort. No, no. this is only a 4.7 uh, mile long tunnel. Okay. Not very long. I
0: mean, that's still pretty long. Five mile tunnel? That's pretty long. Yeah, that
1: is pretty long, actually. Okay. Yeah.
0: So they're using it to transport goods.
1: Mm-hmm. The construction of the tunnel began in 1851- And it was finished twenty four years later in eighteen seventy five.
0: Happening like late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds.
1: For sure, I also feel like some of it has to do with the fact that things weren't weren't really explained back then. So really, it's more superstitious. Mm -hmm. So it took twenty four years to build this tunnel. God damn! And over the course of twenty four years, nearly two hundred men died in the construction of the tunnel giving 200 it 200 men giving it the nickname the bloody pit holy
0: shit mm-hmm.
1: the reason it took so long to build was because there were so many deaths and instances that we'll come to find out a lot of the miners walked off of construction because holy they were terrified shit. Mm-hmm.
0: was it something was it like a, a natural phenomenon that led to a lot like were there a lot of caves? Well, find and out. Stuff? okay jesus
1: so it's that you bring that up so the hoosick tunnel is the the rock around the tunnel like yeah. the surrounding rock yeah. was said to be very soupy so soupy yeah so, so like they called it almost to, like, like a porridge rock a lot. yeah so there were a lot of cave but that was just kind of like a side factor okay but keep that in mind okay so while most of the miners did die in accidental explosion fires or drowning there was one death...
0: Explosions, fires, and drowning. There was
1: one death that may not have been so accidental. This this is crazy. This is a tunnel that took 24 years to build, and throughout the 24-year span, there's just death and spookiness, and it, oh, it's Are amazing. Are we about to
0: get into something true-crimey? Does somebody get murdered? We'll see. Okay.
1: <laughs> so... In 1865,
0: stepping on my turf girl no no
1: it's okay (laughs) it's still mine okay you'll see all right so in the 1865 the explosive nitroglycerin was first introduced to america okay Okay.
0: did they use it for construction purposes yes so for those
1: of you who don't know nitroglycerin is an oily liquid that when subjected to heat it explodes
0: yeah i know that from crash bandicoot solid yeah so if you bumped into it you would literally explode
1: oh yeah. Uh, so,
0: I know that it's extremely volatile, right? It is. Okay. It is.
1: So naturally, they were using it to carve out the tunnel. It was a lot more efficient than the tools that they were already using, which only consisted of picks, shovels, and their hands. I mean,
0: that's fair. So- Five miles. Still, it doesn't sound like it made it much easier considering it took- 24 years, know, 20-something I years. Holy but it cow. did.
1: It did help. Um, nitroglycerin- It also
0: blew a bunch of people up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see. Nitroglycerin also had an advantage over the other high explosive being used at that time because once it was detonated, it produced practically no smoke. Okay. so it was very beneficial Practical. to the miners being down there makes a lot more sense Yep. um and actually the Huzak tunnel was one of the first uses of nitroglycerin during that time in america mm-hmm. okay so on the night of march 20th 1865 okay. explosive experts ned brinkman billy nash and Ringo kelly planted a charge of nitro into the mountainside okay the plan was to plant the nitro and then run to a safe bunker a little ways away Okay. And set off the detonator run. once they were at a safe distance. You need
0: to book it when you, put the, when you plant the nitro. Oh, you,
1: yeah, you got to run. <laughs> well, he did have like a detonator. Remote detonator type mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah. I'm but assuming like, it it's was like connected. one of the ones that's got
0: like the coil or mm-hmm. whatever, so you've got like the plunger that you've got to do? Exactly. Okay.
1: But unfortunately, Kelly ended up setting off the charge prematurely, which oh. resulted in tons of rock falling on his colleagues, Brickman and Nash, Completely burying them alive. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: But were they actually, did they live or were they crushed? Oh, by they the were rubble. crushed instantly. Oh, my God. Tons of rock. Wow.
1: And Kelly survived. Shortly after the incident, Kelly disappeared. Just completely went missing, totally MIA. What the They hell? searched everywhere for him and they had no luck whatsoever finding him.
0: So was there suspicion of foul play?
1: It wasn't until March 30th, 1866, a full year and 10 days later after he had accidentally buried his friends alive, that his body was found two miles inside of the tunnel in the exact spot where Brinkman and Nash had died. What the fuck? Mm -hmm.
0: I literally got weird chills. Why?
1: The cause of death had been strangulation. What the hell? Yep. That makes no fucking sense. Deputy Sheriff Charles F. Gibson estimated that the time of death had to occur between midnight and 3.30 a.m.
0: Midnight and 3.30 a.m.? years later? They it, found it him They stay. found him a full year later. They correct? found
1: him a, a year and 10 days after the incident with his friends. He went sh- missing shortly after that incident. And
0: this guy who's doing the investigation is assuming that even though he found him a year later that he can pinpoint the time of death?
1: I guess so. Okay. I'm assuming he had to have died shortly before they found his body because how else would they be able to know? Oh, so he so- went missing... For a year oh, and ten days. So
0: I okay. So I'm confused because I was thinking that he went missing, but obviously he died the day that. No, they,
1: no. Fucking a. Yep.
0: And we know that these people were squished by the rocks.
1: Completely squished. It's
0: not like he got trapped in there and then.
1: Well. Workers at the tunnel were convinced that it had been the vengeful spirits of Brinkman and Nash that had killed Kelly. What the but fuck? since the authorities could not deter- determine a killer, it was left unsolved.
0: That's it. They were just like, okay.
1: Yep. Because there was no, there, he had if, no enemies I, or anything. Well,
0: I mean, how could he have lived for a full year? I mean, maybe he had to eat, like, their bodies or some shit. Well,
1: what we find is that with this tunnel, a lot of people go missing.
0: Seriously? Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: So after this incident, many of the workers believed that the tunnel was cursed, and many of them refused to enter it again.
0: Really? Some of Just crew... from that one alone? Yep.
1: Wow. Yep. Some of the crew members even walked off the job completely and did not return. The tunnel was so shunned by a lot of the workers and since so many refused to work there, it slowed the construction of the tunnel.
0: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I Yep. Same thing as the nurse in episode one. Oh, yeah. Seeing uh, the Denver Spider-Man. I'd be like, no, I don't need to be part how of And that's how people work. That's how
1: people work. I don't
0: get paid enough for this. Yep.
1: It gets creepier. Okay. So two years later, in 1868, a man by the name of Paul Travers was employed as a mechanical engineer for the Hoosack Project. Okay. Travers was a very respected officer in the Union Army. Okay. A lot of people looked up to him and valued his opinions and ideas. Dr. Dunn, who was the head of construction at that time, yep. had requested specifically that Travers tour the tunnel with him because he was so highly valued and people trusted his opinion and everything. Okay. Dr. Dunn wanted him to tour the tunnel with him in an attempt to prove to the miners that the, t- the tunnel was not cursed. So he wanted. He was doing haunted. one of
0: those things in horror movies where he's like, I'm going to show all of y'all yep. how unhaunted 100%. this place is and we're yep. just going to take a quick walk through. Let me through. find
1: someone that, that people will listen to and trust his that opinion.
0: always turns out so well.
1: In a letter that Travers wrote to his sister on September 8th, 1868, he stated that, The men constantly complain of hearing a man's voice cry out in agony Uh, and refuse to enter the great shaft after nightfall. uh, Dr. Dunn has reassured them. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dunn has reassured them time and time again that the strange sound is nothing more than the wild winds sweeping down off the mountainside. I mean,
0: that's fair because like certain wind. Okay,
1: (laughs) you would think you would think Our work has slowed to the point where Dr. Dunn asked me to help him conduct an investigation into the matter.
0: Yeah. This is in the letter. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: To his sister. Yeah. Last night, Mr. Dunn and I entered the Great Tunnel at exactly nine PM. We traveled about two miles into the shaft and then stopped to listen. Ugh. As we stood Can you imagine
0: there, imagine how Pitch black. It no. must have been. I mean, I don't know if they. We went into the at tunnel the at Clinton.
1: Remember, oh. and only walking in a couple feet, it was oh. the eeriest, coldest thing. Yep,
0: I, it felt so strange. Oh, it was bad. I did not like that no. at all. We didn't even make it to, to the other end. Did no, we? did we? No, we didn't. Nope. There was too much graffiti, which made it even more freaky.
1: Yeah, I know that was a bad tunnel. Yeah. As we stood there in the cold silence, we both heard what truly sounded like a man groaning out in pain. Holy shit. As you know, I have heard the sound many times during the war. Yet, when we turned up the wicks on our lamps, there were no other human beings in the the shaft except Dr. Dunn and myself. I'd be fucking terrified to turn up
0: the Uh lamplight. Like, I would just be like, I don't want to be in here anymore.
1: (laughs) fetal position crying. (laughs) I'll admit... I haven't been this frightened since Shiloh, which was a battle that happened in southwestern Tennessee, and it was right at the beginning of the Civil War. So he went to war.
0: And this is what terrified him more than that.
1: Mr. Dunn agreed that it wasn't the wind we heard. Perhaps Nash or Brickman, I wonder. What the fuck? So he suspects that it was one of the two colleagues that had been pummeled by the tons of rock a couple years before. The squished guys. Yep. Wow. Yep. Doesn't stop there. A month later, on October 17th, eighteen sixty eight, the tunnel witnessed its worst disaster in history. Oh boy. While miners were working on the tunnel, an ill designed lamp called a gasometer leaked naphtha. And I looked it up. Naphtha is apparently a flammable liquid made from distilling petroleum. It looks like gasoline. Okay. Um, So highly flammable. Yeah. Very toxic. Okay. So this lamp started leaking this gas right into the the hoist house. So basically it was this. It was
0: like a shaft.
1: Yes. So there there were these miners, right? Mm -hmm. They're in a 538 foot shaft. Oh, geez. Okay. And picture it. So this is the 1800s. So this is like you're going down by like Bucket. It's a shot, like a hoist house. You you crank down. Mm -hmm. So the fumes had leaked into the hoist house, causing it to explode and sending the surface pump up in flames.
0: What's the surface pump?
1: The surface pump was basically like. The part that kept water out of the, the shaft while they were working on it.
0: No. There were
1: 13 miners still working uh, in this 538-foot shaft when the incident happened. God damn. The first things to fall on them were 300 newly sharpened drill bits.
0: Holy shit.
1: Followed by the hoist mechanism itself and burning sections of the structure. God
0: Fucking damn it. Yep. Wow.
1: How crazy. That's fucking brutal. Falling 538 feet down onto people below.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yep. So Glenn Drohan, a correspondent for the North Adams transcript, reported that a miner named Mallory was lowered by bucket and rope into the shaft to search for survivors. After? After. hmm So he has to go down 538 feet. When he was brought back to the surface, he was almost unconscious due to the flames, and the only thing he could gasp was no hope.
0: Holy shit. Yep. That's fucking rough.
1: Ready for some more?
0: Oh my God. It gets worse?
1: With the surface pump having just blown up, Within a few days, the 538-foot shaft started to fill with water, surfacing some of the dead bodies of the miners. Oh, fucking A. But it wasn't until a full year later that the remaining bodies of the 13 miners finally surfaced to the top. And it had appeared that not all of them had perished when the debris fell, but some of them had managed to build a raft... No. When the shaft started to fill with water, only to be suffocated by the toxic naphtha gas. Oh
0: my fucking God. Could you
1: imagine that? Holy cow. Like,
0: you're getting too excited about this. This is
1: it's crazy. dark as
0: fuck. I thought I was going to be telling you a dark story with my serial killer shit, and you come at me with this? Yeah. It's crazy. A. Okay. Key, it, okay. Are we almost done? No. Oh my God. There's so
1: much more. So, Drohan, the same reporter from earlier, yeah. wrote, and this is a direct quote from a newspaper article yeah. that he wrote, during the time the miners were missing, villagers told strange tales of vague shapes and muffled whales near the water-filled pit, Holy which we shit. now know might actually be the survivors that were alive at that point because oh, they didn't die. Oh, so they're
0: thinking that the mm-hmm. sounds that were heard after the thing Could were people trying to cry out to get help? Yep. Oh, my fucking God. And you're God. 538
1: feet, so it's like an echo almost, you know? Jesus. Workmen claimed to see the lost miners carrying picks and shovels through a shroud of mist and snow at the mountaintop. So upon also hearing the shrieks and the cries, yeah. some of them actually saw apparitions as well. Jeez. It was also stated that there would be ghostly apparitions that would appear briefly, then vanish, leaving no footprints in the snow, and giving no yeah. answers to miners calling out to I them. I don't like
0: that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but as soon as the raft-bound miners were found and given a decent burial, the visitations ceased.
0: That's so sad. I mean, that's fucked up, but that is really sad.
1: Yet, the eerie moaning deep inside of the tunnel continued and terrified workers. Could the moaning have been Berkman or Nash?
0: I don't know. Could it?
1: That's what they're thinking. They're his spirit, not they're dead. They're 100% dead. Yeah, I (laughs) assume
0: they were squashed early on, but they still think that it's haunted with these two people.
1: Oh, just wait. I don't understand what so this, I'm waiting for at this, this point. Is- I'm already so
0: stressed <laughs> out and so many so, por- is- so many terrible things have f- happened. But I forgot
1: to mention this is one of America one of America's most haunted spots.
0: I mean, I feel like that's what Everything every haunted says place says true. because the Crescent Hotel was the most haunted place. One of the most haunted places in America. But to be fair, when it is of- listed as the most haunted mm. place, some pretty crazy shit has usually happened there. So that's crazy. Oh, my God. This
1: reminded me very much of the Crescent Hotel. Okay. Like, I feel like somebody could take this train to the Crescent Hotel and they'd (laughs) never have to do anything spooky again. So, from the beginning of construction, this tunnel is just filled with an endless amount of spooky things happening. apparently. And it didn't just stop with the surfacing of the miners' bodies, which is why the tunnel took so long to build. There were so many sightings of spirits and spooky things heard within the tunnels Jeez. that workers were still refusing to work.
0: And, like, grizzled, like, mm-hmm. tradesmen that yep. went through mines and shit, and they're too terrified to go yeah, and do like, this Yeah, like,
1: screw stuff. this, I'm not doing this anymore.
0: I mean, not only that, but the danger involved with it, too. Oh, like, oh, I it wouldn't... was a
1: highly dangerous job. God. So, four years after the gas explosion, three since all the bodies had surfaced, there's okay. still spooky shit happening. Yeah. So, four years later... A Dr. Clifford J. Owens of Detroit, Michigan, visited the tunnel accompanied by James R. McKinstry. And he was a drilling operations superintendent. Okay. He was just, like, he was a journalist. He was writing for a paper. He okay. wanted to visit it. He, okay. he heard about this tunnel that had been taking so long and the stories that had happened around it. So he basically just wanted to write an article. Okay. Which he did. Dr. Owens wrote the following account in a Michigan newspaper. On the night of June 25th, 1872, James McKinstry and I entered the Great Excavation at precisely 11.30 p.m.
0: Why does everybody go in at night? No idea. Maybe take a trip into the dark tunnel during the daytime. Yep. It's already going to be dark enough in the fucking place.
1: Yep. My thoughts exactly. Oh,
0: God. These stupid fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) I have a quick question. Yeah. Do these wailings only happen later on at night or?
1: I don't believe so. No, because. It just happens throughout mm-hmm, the entire
0: day. Mm-hmm. Anytime but I think during there. at
1: night, they may be more prevalent. Maybe. And it, I think nighttime just has a spooky.
0: Oh, of course. Or to
1: it overall. So if you're but, going I mean, into in a, a mine.
0: Haunt, in a I know, two to five mile mine at this point. Okay, keep going.
1: We traveled about two full miles in. So again, again these people tried the, two, the mile two mile mark. mark yeah. Which is where Brinkman and Nash yeah. were crushed to death. Yeah. Right? We had traveled about two full miles into the shaft when we finally halted to rest. Except for the dim, smoky light cast by our lamps, the place was as cold and dark as a tomb. Yep, I can imagine. James and I stood there talking for a minute or two, and were just about to turn back when suddenly I heard a strange, mournful sound. It was just as if someone or something was suffering great pain. The next thing I saw was a dim light coming along the tunnel from a westerly uh. direction. At first, I believed it was probably a workman with a lantern. Yet, as the light grew closer, it took on a strange blue color and appeared to change shape almost into the form of a human being what the without fuck? a head. What the fuck? The light seemed to be floating along about a foot or two above the tunnel floor.
0: Wow.
1: In the next instant, it felt as if the temperature had suddenly dropped. And a cold, icy chill ran up and down my spine. I mean, I'm
0: literally feeling it right now. Like, I'm, my face right now yep. in, like, horror of what's happening. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Terrifying. The headless form came so close. God damn it. That I could have reached out and touched it. But I was too terrified to move. No kidding. For what seemed like an eternity, McKinstry and I just stood there, gaping at the headless thing. Like two wooden Indians. The blue light remained motionless for a few seconds as if it were actually looking us over. No. Then floated off toward the east end of the shaft and vanished into thin air. I'm
0: not a fan of that at Mm -hmm. all. I don't like it. Don't stop. Don't have sentience. I don't appreciate that shit at all. Oh, yeah.
1: Like it is a conscious thing. God damn. I am above all a realist. He continued. Yeah. Nor am I prone to repeating gossip and wild tales that defy a reasonable explanation. However, in all truth, I cannot deny what James McKinstry and I witnessed with our own eyes. Wow. How terrifying that is, is that? That is
0: brutal. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, nearly headless Nick. Totally headless Nick. That's terrifying. Yep.
1: So I wonder if it was Brinkman or Nash who had their head crushed by... Ugh, God yep, damn that he it. saw. Mm-hmm. Holy and he's shit. not the only one to have seen that well, seen that apparition. Really? There's been other I, I mentioned one a little bit later on, but there's been multiple accounts of someone seeing a headless, bluish spirit what walking. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So no matter how much time has passed or who visits the tunnel, spooky things still continue to happen, just feeding into the legend of one of America's most haunted places. Okay. Right. So on October 16th, 1874, it's nearing the end of completion. Production. Okay. Mm-hmm. Frank Webster, a local hunter, vanished while hunting. Okay.
0: Three days so this later. Is end good.
1: <laughs> three days later, a search party found him stumbling along the banks of the Deerfield River in a state of shock. Okay. Webster had said that strange voices had ordered him into the Huzak Tunnel. No And once way. inside, he saw ghostly figures wandering about.
0: Holy Suddenly, shit. something
1: seized his rifle from his hands and beat him over the head with it. What the fuck? When searchers found him, he had no weapons on him, and he could not recall how he left the tunnel. Wow. How terrifying.
0: What so it's just a railroad now, correct? It is a railroad. So like yep. if you were to go there, you couldn't explore it because no, it you would die. to like an operation. Yep. It is railroad. a very
1: active people do not recommend visiting at all because it is so active with actual trains. You'll that get you will you will die. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Um so yeah, don't don't visit the tunnel. But
0: I mean, beyond the fact that there's already a bunch of spooky shit that's gonna happen to you mm-hmm. if you go. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So during that same year, the workmen finally removed the remaining rubble, completed the grading, and laid down the track. On February 9th, 1875. Yeah. So the tunnel's already completed. Okay. The first train went through the tunnel.
0: Okay. It successful. Pulled, mm-hmm, okay.
1: Successful. It pulled 125 people on three flat cars and a box car. Okay. And North Adams had finally become the western gateway to much of New England. Cool. So happy moment, right?
0: Yeah. Finally, we finally. need a happy moment with all the all the other shit.
1: But even with the completion of the tunnel, that did not halt the frightening sounds or sights seen and heard. In the tunnel.
0: So, did people see anything when they were riding on the trains, or was it not only when too... you were on foot? <laughs> well,
1: in <laughs> the fall like of eighteen, <laughs> not
0: a fan of that. You got to cut that out, Luna. In the fall,
1: <laughs> in the fall of eighteen seventy-five, yeah. So, tunnels built. It's running. Yeah. A man by the name of Harland Mulvaney, He was a fire tender was driving a wagon load of What's firewood. A fire tender? So he was like somebody who tended fires. So he would go to places instead of like a firefighter who fights fires, he would go like carry things of oh, wood. Oh, a professional pyro? Kind of, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's cool. how he marketed himself. Good for him. He was driving a wagon load of firewood into the tunnel late one night. Okay. So it was it was used by trains and also by like Could people. you use one of
0: those like arm cranky thingies that they used to use back then? That in I the don't day? know. Maybe I'm not sure. like one he, of those carts.
1: He used a um he used a horse and buggy. Oh, okay so I'm not sure about that. Okay. But suddenly Mulvaney turned his team around, whipped the horses across their flanks, and careened out of the tunnel without explanation. Huh. A couple of days later, workmen found the team and wagon in the woods three miles from the tunnel. But Mulvaney was never seen or heard from again. What the the team had no idea where he went, and nobody knows what happened to him. He just went missing. So I have no idea. Nobody knows that's what it. he saw. That's the end of him. Yeah, he just went missing. Completely wow. missing. Though many of the stories surrounding the tunnel seem to be grim and menacing. Yeah. Some would say.
0: I would definitely put that out there.
1: There is one man who had some positive experiences with the spirits of the HUSAC tunnel. Oh, oh that's good. Joseph Mpoco was a former employee of the Boston and Maine Railroad, went to work for the railroad at the age of 18, and claimed the tunnel ghosts had actually saved his life, not once, but twice while working there.
0: okay, good for
1: him. Mm -hmm. He was chipping ice from the tracks one day when he heard a voice shout, run, Joe, run. And he quotes, I turned, and sure enough, there was a number 60 coming at me. Wow. Boy, did I jump back fast. But when I looked to see who had called out to me, there was no one there.
0: No way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that warms my heart a little bit. Someone I was still looking got out a little bit of chills from it, but okay.
1: And Mpoko states that he heard the voice before the train had come. So it wasn't like it was somebody on the train yelling out to him. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to hear a voice no. on a train anyways. Um, But he had stated that. So six weeks later, Mpoko is still working at the tunnel. Obviously, he's not scared of the helpful Hoosack's ghosts.
0: Okay. Uh, He's like buddies with him now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good friend.
1: He's using an iron crowbar to free crates stuck to the icy tracks. Sounds like easy work. Okay. (laughs) Real, Real easy. When suddenly he hears a voice shout, Joe, Joe, drop it, Joe. He immediately dropped the crowbar and it was instantly struck and smashed against the tunnel wall by 11,000 volts of electricity from a short-circuited power line that was overhead. How crazy is that? That's How crazy. There was also an incident, though. So he had these really two good experiences. But then there was also an incident where a tree almost fell on him during it, and he heard evil, maniacal laughter after it. Oh, okay. And it wasn't any of the workers near him. He said it was very eerie. It was very, like menacing. So there's some good ones
0: and some bad ones. Yeah, but twice,
1: twice they had looked out for him. How crazy is that? That's nuts. And Poco eventually quit his job and he moved to Springfield, Mass. But every year he returned to visit the tunnel to pay homage to the ghost who had saved his life. that's really
0: nice. That's, that's a really nice thing. Of, I mean, that's really cool. Paying respect to the spirits and everything. Yeah. And could you imagine putting on your resume, your reason for leaving your last employer was like, there were too many ghosts. there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two of them saved my life, but the other ones tried to kill me. And
0: I wasn't a fan of that. So I had to get out of yeah. there.
1: Well, Mpoko was a superstitious man. Okay. He was certain that if he didn't go, tragedy would befall yeah. him. So to pay homage, but also, you know, a little scared. Okay. And he was correct. In 1977, Mpoko's wife became very ill. Oh, God. And she begged him to stay with her that year and not take the trip out to pay homage to the okay. ghost. And being the good husband that he was, he, he stayed. Didn't go. And later that year, in October, which also happened to be the same month of the death of Nash and Brinkman, right, his wife died. And it could very well just be coincidence. Yeah. But-
0: that sounds a little coincidental to me. But it could. Not. Everything else. I'm a superstitious. Rough. Yeah,
1: I'm a superstitious person myself. If so she that's had something begged him I... to
0: not go because she was just like kind of a selfish lover, mm-hmm. and then she fell ill and died, then I would be like, okay, that's spooky. But the fact that she was sick and she was like, please stay with me, and then she died of like the illness makes me think of it less. But I would have thought the same thing. Crazy. I would have
1: thought. I would have thought the exact same thing. Yeah, you, you would have been
0: like, you should have gone to visit yeah. your ghost friends. How dare! Dare you?
1: Yeah. No. I don't if know, I know was why him. I gave you that, yeah. that. That I don't know why they gave
0: you that uh, accent. I
1: liked it. Whatever. Your own accent. How to dare them. you? <laughs> British.
0: That's how you talk. It is all the time.
1: Close. So Allie Allmaker <laughs> is okay. a philosophy professor at North Adams State College. Yeah. And a part-time ghost hunter. Okay. Teacher by day, ghost hunter by night.
0: That's quite the gig.
1: So Allmaker wrote, "I have been in the tunnel only once, accompanied by a railroad official." and can attest to the claim that it is an eerie place. I had the uncomfortable... (laughs) What gave it away? (laughs) I had the uncomfortable feeling that someone was walking closely behind me in the darkness and would tap me on my shoulder, or worse, pull me into some unknown and unspeakable horror at any moment. That is the creepiest feeling. Feeling like someone is watching you or walking behind you and having nothing be there is by far the scariest thing, I think.
0: Well, there's definitely some sort of like... Psychic ability to detect people looking at you or observing you because I like, feel like
1: it has to do with your auric field and like your energy around you. Because you,
0: all I know is that whenever I stare at people when we're driving, back. they fucking look at you, yep. which I probably so should sense, stop staring. But,
1: but I mean, think about it too. So you have your five senses, right? Yeah, what sense would that fall under?
0: Ah. Uh, don't know exactly so we
1: have more than five senses yeah absolutely so back to the who's that okay so all maker who is the teacher by day ghost hunter by night also reported that on one occasion college students took a tape recorder into the tunnel turned it on and left when they retrieved the machine Sounds like muffled human voices were heard on the what tape, the fuck? which I also think is so terrifying. I wish I could
0: hear that. I wish there were oh, audio files. We could of it. see. We could yeah, look it up because that was in
1: 1976, 1984, 1980 yeah. 84. I'm sorry. 1984. Yeah. So it could very well be possible. OK. We'll add that to the list. So this tunnel is just full of spooky. Well, yeah. Ooky things. Yep, spooky things. Spooky. Um, the tunnel is still there to this day. It still exists and it's still facing tragedies. On February 12th of 2020, so earlier this year, wow, the tunnel collapsed approximately 30 feet from the West Portal entrance. Damn. So again, the soupy yep. rock that's formation yep. around it. Pictures of the collapse can be seen on the Huzak Tunnels Facebook page. Really? hmm It's important to note, this is where I say... That the tunnel itself has been described as porridge rocks, yep. meaning that the rock surrounding the tunnel is not very stable right. and can all almost be soupy, resulting in many cave over the years. But thankfully, there was no tragedy with this cave-in that happened recently. So nobody
0: was injured or anything? Nope.
1: And what they're actually starting to do is um, rebuild it with bricks around okay. to kind of hold Makes it sense. into-
0: Make it a little more structurally little more stable. stable.
1: Yep. The most recent cave-in was just repaired by workers. They're still working on it on May 4th. And the tunnel is currently open, but there is still construction being done in the area. No way. To this day, the stories about the bloody pit still continue to circulate the area. Uh, uh, I'm
0: not surprised at all.
1: Very local. Everyone knows about it. Everyone talks about it. And locals in the area still claim that there are strange sounding winds, ghostly apparitions, and eerie voices that are experienced around and in the tunnel when no one's passing through.
0: That's fucked up.
1: Yep. So again, the tunnel is still used. It's still open. Multiple trains are zooming through at all hours of the day. Do not go into it. It's very active. And it is highly recommended that visitors do not walk through the tunnels. Okay. Doing so puts them at risk of being hit by a train. Well, yeah. And joining the other hundreds of lost souls within the tunnel walls. Wow. There is, however, if anyone does want to visit, a museum dedicated to the site in the Western Gateway Heritage State Park that visitors can go and visit which opened up in 1985. Okay. And I would highly recommend taking that route as getting hit by a train would would 100% ruin your day. Yeah. And that is the legend of one of America's most haunted places, the Hoosack Tunnel.
0: No shit. That was fucking terrifying. Yeah. You crushed it, love.
1: The Who'sac Tunnel, man!
0: You really nailed it. I'm yeah. really proud of you. I was, I got chills multiple times throughout the story.
1: It's a creepy tale. Yeah. It's, and the more I researched it, the more I was like, "Oh my god, there's more. There's more. Yeah. There's Every more." Every time it you just... were like,
0: and then this, ha- I'm like, "Fuck you!" Like there yeah. can't be more shit.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's never ending. But how crazy!
0: Wow. Yeah. All right. Well. So I have
1: a question for you, though. Yeah.
0: What's your question?
1: I know you were the Would You Rather King last game. Oh boy. But. Would you rather walk through the tunnel the full five miles at midnight? Oh God. Or eat four pieces of Tilly's candy.
0: Oh, well, you're guaranteed to die if you eat anything that Tilly made for you.
1: Well, you said it was long term, I thought, right? So maybe It
0: depends. Some of the people died so like what's the your day gamble? of. I'd go for the tunnel. Would you? I'd go for the tunnel. I probably would too. I think I I'm more like curious. I'm mm. I'm more curious about what I might experience doing that. I'm not curious about whether or not I would die Survive if I ate arsenic candy. Poisoning. Like candy, I love candy, but it's not worth potentially dying over. So,
1: so then out of okay, another question. Okay, so would you rather see the go- headless ghost? Yeah. feel like somebody is watching you oh, the entire five miles, or come across one of the floating bodies of one of the thirteen miners?
0: Oh boy. So I definitely feel like the thing that I would that would freak me out the most would be the first one, the headless miner if it if it floated towards me and paused as if it was like looking me over, that would be the thing that terrified me the most. If I felt like somebody was watching me, it would motivate me to run faster. <laughs> and if I saw a bunch of people around kind of just digging nonchalantly and not really observing me, hmm. then I'd be able to like pretend that I'm at the haunted mansion at Disney again bringing up Disney but (laughs) but if I the the first one would be the freakiest I couldn't do the person I think I would probably have to choose having it feel like somebody was watching me the whole time I was walking through the it wouldn't help but I would run faster and I'd get through it quicker what if you trip Uh, (gasps) god forbid
1: (gasps) so to be honest I would actually pick the first one really yeah I would rather so I think for me one of the the biggest thing for me is not being able to determine if it is a ghost or a real human. Okay. So I feel like going into the tunnel with the mindset of already being, okay, this is haunted. I might see something. Right. I would.
0: And if it's a headless thing that's glowing and floating, then it's obviously not a human being. Exactly. It's something exactly. something from the great beyond. But I beyond. feel like
1: my mental capacity would fritz out thinking that something's behind like i i think that's the creepiest feeling ever i hate that feeling oh,
0: something watching feeling you? like
1: something's behind me and it just scares the crap out of me and, and having nothing be there like I feeling that presence going crazy um experience and for that. five miles i have little legs it would take me like four <laughs> days it just wouldn't happen so i and i i don't want to see a dead body so
0: that's what you would pick you'd pick yeah the first i'd one. pick the first one okay fair I enough would.
1: I'd pick the first one. All
0: right. Is that all we got for Paranormal, Would You Rather? Yep. Well.
1: That's all I have.
0: Thank you for sharing your story with me. That was awesome. Thank you,
1: Nick. I loved it. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. That's episode three. Yeah. That's our episode. Episode
1: three. Nice. Woo!
0: nice. And so while we're thanking each other, uh, I want to thank some awesome people. So the listener that actually reached out to us on Instagram, her name is Shay Barbie. Hey, um, Shay. Yeah. And she sent us a DM and she said, I think you guys are amazing. And I can't wait to see this awesome podcast unfold before my eyes. Totally can't wait for the next episode. So I, I, and I actually was DMing her before we recorded this episode. So shout out to you, Shay. Like, we appreciate the heck out of you. She actually even, oh, I thought you would appreciate this, uh, this quote from her. She said that she wanted to share us in one of her Facebook groups where people were asking for recommendations. And she said she just wanted to get approval before she spread the word like mayonnaise on a turkey sandwich. And I was like, absolutely, Shay, you are the coolest. You go, girl. You share that. Thank you, Shay Barbie. We appreciate the heck out of you. You are awesome.
1: We are sending some love your way.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I actually have a list of people who have listened to our episodes and sent some love as well. I just want to shout out to them for sending some love and some inspiration and support. All right. So my list consists of Sam G.
0: Thank you, Sam.
1: Man and Jay all the way from France.
0: That's awesome.
1: Allie H. Thank you, Allie. Courtney
0: S. Ooh, Courtney. Thanks, Courtney.
1: And Cheryl S.
0: Thank you, Cheryl. Um, But yeah, that is episode three of All the Nopes. And if you guys want to get a shout out on our podcast, the thing that you could do that we would appreciate so much is to put us out there, share us with your friends, your family, whoever you think might enjoy being a little spooked or hearing a little bit about true crime, Um, you know. Punch us into their phone, send them a text message with our podcast, send them a link, share it on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And if you want to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, we are at all the Nopes podcast on both. And if you want to send us a, a story about something paranormal that's happened to you or something true crime related that you know about, feel free to send us an email Please at ATN Podcast at lostwoodstudios.com. Um and Again, that is where that's we are going ATN to ATN
1: pod you should do it twice.
0: Again, that's AT... ATN Podcast at Lostwood Studios.com. Thanks, ding, ding, Luna. Ding. You're the best.
1: Got you now.
0: Um, so yeah, that is where we will check through and see, or you could DM us, but you know, feel free to shoot us an email or whatever, and we'll be sure to get back to you because we appreciate all of you listening out there and we love you guys and
1: And if you send us some kind words of love and and support you may have a higher chance of being uh, shouted out on our episode no
0: way i'm only ha- i'm only giving shout outs to people who share from now on oh share it or <laughs> well or i'm not go hang out in the in the where, where what's tunnel, tunnel. Okay. well i
1: won't i'll share i'll okay. share you all fair
0: enough all right everybody well that's our episode all right our producer is signaling to us jasper are we are we clear
1: He's licking himself, isn't he? I think that's the signal. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right, folks. We love you out there. (laughs) You're supposed you gotta say something. Say we love you. Say I love you to our fans. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most uncomfortable thing ever. I'm so red. All right. That's it. We love you.
1: Enjoy your night. God damn it, love. (laughs) Come on.
0: Get your shit together. You should
1: keep all these bloopers and post them somewhere. I usually
0: keep them in at the end of the episode anyway. This is when it's fading out. All right.
1: Well, thanks, guys. Yeah.
0: We love you. We love you. We love you. Don't
1: eat candy from strangers. Don't eat
0: candy from strangers and don't go into five-mile-long tunnels.
1: Or trust your friends with a nitro. That's this true. is definitely the That's part true. where we
0: start to fall apart. That's true. <laughs> we need to finish. Our producer's cutting us off. All right, it's over. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.